Assimilate This, a podcast for players and fans of the Star Trek CCG. And now, here's your host, Daniel Madison. Hello, and welcome to Assimilate This, Episode 8. I'm your host, Daniel Madison. We are doing a special roundtable episode for the new first edition set, The Sky's the Limit. Uh, with me here, I have two guests. Uh, first, we've got the chairman of the continuing committee and the lead designer for The Sky's the Limit, Charlie Plain. Hello. How are you doing, Charlie? I am doing well. I actually just maybe 10 minutes ago finished my 1A deck for our release tournament for The Sky's the Limit today. So it's going to be fun. I'm excited to play. If it's anything like the deck list that you showed me uh, in chat yesterday, then I'm building something similar for uh, for Block. Yes, it is. Uh, That'll be my release deck. <laughs> yep. Uh, and I've got also with me today Corbin Johnson. He is the uh, he's a uh, developer, uh, one of the designers of Engage, and you probably know him well as the host of the Star Trek CCG game show. So, Corbin, hello. Hi, Daniel. How's it going? Pretty good. Good. So we've got a brand new set uh, for first edition. Uh, it became legal yesterday as of this recording. So we've had about a week to look at the, the set as a whole, uh, except for Charlie, who's seen the whole thing long in advance. <laughs> so uh, designing it. <laughs> exactly. So uh, let's get into it. What, uh, let's start with uh, Corbin because Charlie's going to have a biased opinion here. Uh, Corbin, what do you what what do you think about the set as a whole, and what what's your uh, what what would be your favorite your favorite parts about it? I think Charlie said it best when he said that this was the coda to the TNG block. What I like about it is it enhances what's already in block without taking it into crazy new territory. I love the new Borg sub-affiliation, which is great. I love that it is more flexible than just the TNG guys. Already, I want to design an Alpha Quadrant, non-aligned Borg thing, and uh, just go at it. So, uh, A lot of the dilemmas are really interesting as well, and uh, dilemmas to me always enhance the meta enhance the game and always take the game to another direction. So there's a lot of great stuff in this set. Okay. Sounds good. Uh, Charlie, uh, as the designer, what are you, what are you most proud of about this set? What do you feel uh, this set brings to brings to first edition that we didn't have before? Um, well, I think the, the biggest thing that's new to the game as a whole is the new dilemmas. Yeah. Um, not not just the self controlling dilemmas, but I mean it's 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 twelve new dilemmas out of a forty five card set. So you're looking at almost twenty five percent of the expansion being something that any deck can use. And I think we uh, we tried some new things with dilemmas this time, and we also uh, took some old dilemmas and sort of twisted them around. You know. Data has some issues. Is, is Garrick has some issues with a twist, and and I think that's a great way to make new cards as long as you don't always do that. 
know, but we also have new stuff like regime change, which uh, a lot of people are, I don't know that a lot of people have realized the, the applications for that card yet. And, and the self-controlling mechanic I'm especially proud of because a, it took a long time to get into the game, you know, from, from inception to release was forever. And uh, I think it has just lots and lots of potential uh, for growth and to make one E uh, more strategic in, in the game. So I, I agree with that. And uh, that's a good place to start is with the brand new icon for uh, the self-controlling dilemmas. And uh, we've only got, we've got three in this set, but you know, once, once the box is open, there's certainly potential for a lot more. Um, personally, I'm, I'm kind of afraid of a uh, space entity. Uh, I'm a little worried about running into this one because this one is uh, a, uh, a vessel with weapons 14 that uh, if my ship is matching the affiliation icon of, of, of uh, the mission being attempted, I'm going to get blasted. Yes. <laughs> if I don't, if I don't complete the mission because it's at the end of the turn. Well, uh, if I hadn't already packed my deck up, I, I would pull out. That's the one I'm using. <laughs> sure. It's good. And not to mention, it's going to rampage down the space line and stop you from playing people for free, which if, if timed correctly, could be a giant pain for your opponent. Sure. So. There's a lot of feeling of the Nexus here. It's uh, the Nexus blows up your ship, but no one dies, and this kind of does the same. And when it's at a location, you're not going to report guys there. So I like that, and the, but it, it doesn't go to the end of the space line, so it's a little bit more targeted. You can plan better with this. Yeah. 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 You kind of have to do the math with its range and, and, and the span of the missions that are out there. Like where, you know, how far is it going to get at the end of each turn? Cause it moves it at, at each player's turn. Uh, I will say this though, probably by the time this podcast goes up, uh, there'll be four self cards in one. So, Uh-oh. <laughs> well, that's certainly interesting. Yes. <laughs> Well, it's but the other thing is, you know, I think I know where you're going with that, I, and I won't say anything in case uh, in case it's not up by the time this podcast comes out. <laughs> yes, well, it should be up. Uh, I, but, I know uh, it's something that that uh, people have been asking you in chat, and you've been. I, I have a feeling that that's what it is that that you've been answering them with just a smiley face. <laughs> well, I would just say I wouldn't just worry about weapons fourteen. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Because I'm a uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, another um, nice thing about this is it's going to maybe inhibit a little red shirting in space action. You know, you're sending a little dinky ship with one dude on it. Well, that ship might go bye bye at the end of the turn. So maybe there's some aspect of that that they'll play into this. Yeah, that's certainly possible, and it's you. You, it makes you think about how you're going. If if you're afraid of that card, it's going to make you think about how you attempt your, uh, how you attempt your missions, particularly your space missions. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know your planets. Uh, some people have already gotten into the habit of landing their ships or uh, moving their ships out of the way when they attempt a planet because they're afraid of cards like God. 
So, so this kind of goes right in line with that, but uh, with spaceborne entity, you have to worry about, about space missions too. And uh, if, if this shows up uh, and you get stopped, is your ship going to be able to, to handle an attack? Exactly. Um, So yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a new wrinkle. It's a, it's a, a new, just something new we have to think about and be, be, concerned with uh when we're planning our uh planning our attack here um and there's two other uh two other self-controlling cards the assimilated vessel and uh osarian pirates both of which are au cards um and both of which from enterprise yes yes uh assimilated vessels sort of a uh a proto Borg ship from that uh, from that Borg episode of Enterprise, which I really liked that episode. Uh, I don't know if a lot of people did, uh, but I, I liked it. I thought it tied in kind of kind of neatly with First Contact. Completed the circle, so they say. Yeah, it, it was it was of all of the episodes Enterprise did that brought back stuff that probably shouldn't have brought back. It was the one that that annoyed me the least. <laughs> it, it, it was entertaining. I'll give you, I'll give it that. I mean, having trip running around in his underwear with Ferengi, was just awful. And, yeah. you know, Romulans with cloaking devices way before they're supposed to was annoying. Oh, that was a good episode otherwise, but yeah, uh, the, the Borg sort of even made sense. And, uh, it was, it did make sense. Yeah. My, my, my first thought was, Oh God, you know, this obvious ratings ploy, but, but it was, it was a well-written episode and it, and it tied in, it tied in well. Um, but, uh, but yeah, looking here at the assimilated vessel, um, like, like other Borg ships, like, like, like a certain Borg ship dilemma we're familiar with. Uh, this one has bonus points if it's destroyed. Actually, it's not if it's destroyed. It's if it escapes. Oh, it's if it escapes. Yes, which is the which is what makes I it interesting. Read the cards. <laughs> yes, this is actually the one I wanted to use in my deck today, but I didn't. I was pressed for seed spaces, so I took out my AU door, so I have no way to seed this card. So I went with the uh, spaceborne instead. But uh, this one is my favorite, and the concept of it didn't change throughout all of testing, but, you know, this this sucker is just going to run for the edge of the space line, and you need to chase it down, or you're handing me ten points. Yeah. Slowly, but it's going to get there. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, that'll be, uh, that'll, that'll be fun. It's, uh, it's a card that encourages interaction a little more, because it's, if you're going to chase after it, it's going to send your ships to a certain place, and um, you know, maybe your opponent has an ambush waiting. <laughs> well, it, it's one of the, one of the, the designers, the new guys, Jason, Jason Drake. Uh, yeah. He he made a great point that I think is something we need to remember: is that interaction is only valuable if it's important to both players, right? Mm-hmm. And so th- this is a perfect example of that. Is yes, it promotes interaction, but only if my opponent cares enough. Right, he could easily just let because it doesn't it doesn't do anything. It doesn't hurt him in any way. He could easily just let that thing 
fly off and give me my 10 points if that's not something that he values. But mm-hmm. I win either way because either I, he has to waste time chasing it down or I get 10 points. So it, it does promote interaction, but in a positive way. You know, it's not like a come interact with me or we're going to have a bad time. It's interact with me if you want and it's going to make things more interesting. Right, so. right. It, uh, yeah, it reminds me of it reminds me of uh, shared hallucination in in two E in that it's it's, it's a, the type of card that gives you a choice, like which which punishment would you like? Are you you want to go waste time chasing this thing, or do you want to give your opponent ten points? Yep. And that AU the AU icon, uh, you know, Time Pod Ring, Guinan, Madam Guinan, all those cards. You know, it's fun to have more fodder for them. Mm-hmm. That's certainly true. The, a, the AU icon does make it vulnerable to Guinan, which uh, is a fantastic uh, uh, dilemma cheater for, for TNG feds. Yeah. Um, okay. Um, so we talked about the, uh, the self-controlling cards. Um, I want to talk about uh, the ne- one, of the, one of the next major themes in this set is... Uh, the new uh, Warp Core card. Uh, I'm trying to find it now. I think it's Foster New Collective. Oh, that's the mission. That's the mission. It's uh, Followers, Followers of the, of the One. One. Yes. Uh, so we now have a non-aligned android slash non-aligned Borg team. Or fact, sub-faction. Uh, sort of like the mercenary team that we had earlier in the... Uh, the Metaphasic Shield team. We now have a, a rogue Borg team. Um, and uh, I like this card. I like that uh, it gives you a choice of how you want to play it. Um, when I first saw this card, the first thing I noticed was that it didn't specify that the non-aligned Borg had to be Alpha Quadrant. Or TNG. Or TNG, correct. There's no TNG icon here. You can you can play this uh, and use Delta Quadrant Board. You can use the the Renegade Board Vessel. You can use Seven, the Triplets, uh, each of you know all, all the non-aligned icon uh, board cards. However, you break continuing mission, so it gives you two ways to play this card. You can run this with all Alpha. Uh, and keep continuing mission, maybe run it alongside an affiliation like you would with the mercenaries, or run it as a straight non-aligned deck, throw in the Delta, and uh, just get free plays out of it. Well, I like the the uh, the, the fun of the so-called you know rogue Borg aspect of it that lets you to beam through your opponent's shields and battle them, but with the restriction of once per turn. So mm-hmm. kind of gives you that flavor of the old card a little bit. Yeah, it does it does kind of call back to the original uh Rogue Board Mercenaries card. Yeah. Um, well that that was intentional. <laughs> oh sure. Of course. Yeah. We we had we had actually played they were Rogue Borg for a very long time. Like they their Laurel identified them as Rogue Borg and we had intended to bring back that whole suite of cards up with this updated mechanic, but there's there are so many magic bullets against Rogue Borg. We were writing paragraphs of text to make all these guys like immune to all of the whole magic bullet stuff, and it was just not worth it to call them Rogue Borg, so we made the decision to, to 
avoid that term at all costs. And uh, but we wanted to sort of, sort of feel like the old what Rogue Borg should have been, you know, a menace instead of you know something just to be obnoxious. So I'm pretty happy with uh, that feel. I'm glad that you guys picked up on it. So oh, yeah. yeah, that makes sense, and that's that's uh, one of the sentence. Like it's it's the one sentence in there. Well. It's one of the sentences you don't focus on when you first look at the card. You look at the card and you're like, oh, awesome, my Borg plays for free, my androids play for free. And and then that's one of the ones you read after and like, hmm, what can I do with this? And it, and it, it really gets you thinking about it. How can I, you know, how can I abuse that sentence? Because that's, that could be a lot of fun. Um, plus the, uh, the set also includes a number of uh, non-aligned, non-aligned uh, androids and Borg to fit into, uh, fit in with the team, give you some to start with right, right off the bat. We have a new non-aligned data. We have a non-aligned lore, uh, the one. And like those are, the, those are the first two cards I can show to my players. It's like, here, you want some star power in this set? Here you go. Uh, and, uh, they are, uh, they are, they are impressive cards and, uh, the non-aligned data, uh, I'm particularly noticing has a nice ability that ties in with the beaming through shields. Come over and get punched in the face by evil data. So. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> ability to um, wound. So the decision to do a new lore um, was not without some controversy internally. Uh, really? Yeah. M- many people just, I mean, cause, cause the existing lore, Fajo lore is from the same episode. Mm-hmm. So there were people who felt that, um, it having, wasn't like a new identity. It wasn't different enough to change him. Yeah. And I, I, I you know, we talked about it, uh, but, there are a number of extra people that have the word lore in lore and also the phrase personnel with lore in lore sounds really dumb. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, so we really, I felt like we had to have a new persona to, Mm -hmm. to make the, the free report work. And, you know, Johnny and the art guys really delivered with the, the, you know, the really awesome image of him, uh, you know, it, it, it's, and, and, you know, there are different, I, I think one of the big priorities for us was, uh, we don't, cause we made a lot of new versions of people, you know, there's the new sisters, there's new Riker. And one of the things we were talking about is there has to be a reason to play versus both of them. You know, there has to be situations in where you'll pick the one versus lore. And there has mm-hmm. to be situations where you'll choose premier sisters versus sisters of Duras versus Genesis sisters. Sure. And I think we did a pretty good job of making them different enough that they will fit in different decks. You know, you're not going to want to put this lore. I don't think this, this lore will show up outside of uh, the rogue Borg deck um, or the, right. the well, free Borg deck, but it could right the well you know this one this one is free with followers of the one uh however uh you got to work a little harder to get them this one you can't download with defend homeworld right 
Right. So yeah, you got you got to work a little harder to get get him into play. So yeah, there's there's advantages and disadvantages to both of them. Um, and the uh, Lore's fingernail download is kind of interesting as well. It, it makes for an interesting kind of deck type where you've got your Borg and you've got your androids and maybe a little cybernetic expertise uh, to play some guys for free. Mm-hmm. And you can still, you can play with some non, non-aligned uh, androids. There's a few of them. It lets you run with um, Lal and uh, right. Juliana, Juliana Tanner, I believe. Mm-hmm. And right. Exocomp. Forget Any exocomp. Yeah. Certainly. Or, yeah. or it also let you use fed data versus rogue board data. Sure. Uh, you know, so originally, I, I, I think we that was one of our missteps, unfortunately, is that uh, we really wanted Lore's Fingernail to be part of that deck. And Lore's Fingernail is a difficult card to play because if you draw Lal and Juliana Tainer, and lore in your opening hand, but not lore's fingernail. You know now you you have two cards in your hand you can't play, and that's kind of unfortunate. Um, mm-hmm. And originally, lore's fingernail was a download off the mission, so you could have lore's fingernail and play on turn one. And throughout the course of play testing, we had to move things around, and lore ended up with the download, which I really think works thematically. But as you said, there's no way to start with lore in play. For, for for balance reasons, but right. unfortunately, we didn't really fix the problem of Lore's fingernail. Is that you can still draw your fed androids before you get your Lore's fingernail or your lore out? Yeah, that's that's still a possibility. Though I like that. Uh, I, I I do like Lore's fingernail being a download because I feel that that's a card that's not not one you're going to want in your in your main deck. But being able to pull it out of your Q's tent is fine. It, it hollers back to the pack, you know, enhancing pack a little bit is, is nice. I like that. Yeah. Yeah, that's and that's something that's been done uh, throughout this uh, throughout this block is uh, uh, cards that call back to uh, uh, the pack, the premier alternate universe Q continuum, those those expansions and make those cards better and make give you give you reasons to want to play with them. Yeah, both blocks, both of these blocks have done a good job of that. Um, well, while we're still on non-aligned, I noticed we have a non-aligned outpost. While we're still talking about that. And uh, this uh, repurposed outpost came up. It, it, this I saw this as an early question when, when the set came out. And like, why would you play this over, like, Kuznok ship? Or, uh let's talk outpost, but uh, I think it's shields are higher. If I recall correctly, I, I I'm not looking at the who's outpost, but, um, but the big deal is um, this gives us a non-aligned outpost in block mm-hmm. uh, that we didn't have before. And uh, well, this extends can- 50% of its shields or all of its shields to the other one. Only extended twenty five percent. Twenty five, right? And this one is fifty, like like most outposts. Yeah. So there's that too, um, and uh, you you some decks need that non aligned outpost because uh, 
of, of cards like Attention All Hands that say your free plays have to go to a matching shipper outpost. So if you want to run a non-aligned deck and you don't have the ship out yet, you know, you exactly. want an out, you want a facility to play your cards to, well, this is where, where it's got to go if you're going to play block. Yeah. If, if I had a, a, a to do all over again, I, I think... I think a lot of the words that say matching would have said compatible from TNG. Yeah. I, I think that I respect, what the, I, I think it was good to be cautious and so forth, but uh, I just think there's a lot of like, it has to match exactly. And I think that takes away some like deep depth options when you play in uh, like a complete card pool. Mm-hmm. It'd be really neat to be able to report Captain Kavok to your USS Enterprise D <laughs> uh, you have the treaty out, you know. So. Yeah. <laughs> um. Well, let me move on from the non-aligned stuff. I think we're. I mean. Yeah. Um. I, one of the other uh, one of the other major themes I liked about this set. Um, sort of closing out the TNG block is that there is a heavy uh, generations theme in this. And again, one of the things I liked about continuing mission was it's, it specifically said next generation or generations property logo. It's, it's sort of lumped in with the same era, whereas first contact and later are sort of a, a new era. You have that, you know, from where the enterprise E came out, that's sort of its, its own, uh, it, it, its own era. So, um, one thing I was looking forward to is seeing cards, more cards from generations that that give you a reason for that for that little bit of text to exist. You know, we had a we had a couple of things we could do. You know, you had the Enterprise B and and uh, and Harriman and uh, you know uh, some of the some of the cards that came out in uh, the motion pictures, but there wasn't really a whole lot. And this this set has given you given us a lot more that we can do uh, with generations, just for you know for flavor reasons. Um, so uh, as we've got on the screen now, we've got you know we've got the new generations Riker, um, and. Uh, uh, you know, there's a couple of support guys, and yeah, I love brace for impact. What a great idea for a card! Um, and it's nice to have Riker downloaded, have a magic commander, that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, he ties well with um, your places on the bridge. So if your ship is attacked, mm-hmm. if you have, you know, if you have an enterprise in play and your enterprise is attacked, and uh, I mean, I guess it depends on how badly you want to land it and score some points. But you you can down you can play your places on the bridge, download Riker to that ship, and then download Brace for Impact. Right. I, and so, I mean, captains yeah, a- or ready room door. Um, oh, oh, there it is. Excuse me. Yeah, ready room door. You know, I always think about that as the way to get commanders out. But this is you know, if we're talking about your places on the bridge, it is a nice clutch card, and you don't always have to think of being damaged as after a battle but in block battle has been an issue so this card gives you a little extra oomph 
or a way to get Brace for Impact out so you don't have to worry about the ship blowing up anymore or anything like that. Sure, sure. And like I like to use um I like to use Ready Room Door to pull out my captain's orders. I don't like using it to have to get my matching commander too and miss out on a card draw. So this is a sure. nice little clutch play. Like I'll go get my captain's log and uh you know, if you attack me, I'll I'll get my matching commander too. And okay, now we've got the weapons bonus, we're ready to go. Well the the niche that I really like in this if you get caught if your captain gets killed to the cloud or something and then they try to catch you with your pants down you can go replace them and turn on your captain's log mm-hmm. you know if they kill your picard then you can go get riker and now oh i'm plus three again so you were coming over expecting to be able to direct hit me and now you can't mm-hmm. and yeah, so then yeah i think there's interesting it is very it is very niche but i think there's some interesting you know it's going to be one of those it's what Magic calls a Johnny card. It's going to be one of those cards that's like, when I do get it to work, it's going to be ridiculously cool. Yeah, and it's, awesome one of those, story. <laughs> it's one of those cards that's not going to be a main deck tournament card, but it's going to be one that people are going to want to try and, and play with and experiment. Yeah, well, I'll tell you. And it'll be fun when it works, yeah. If I'm ever playing uh, a deck that has a ship with more than one captain, I'll probably play a copy of this. Sure. Oh, certainly. I, I have to add that this card feels like the interrupts that came out of the motion pictures. Very thematic um, and fun. And I feel like this was a card that Decipher didn't print and could have just fit in that set. So I, I like that feel of it, too. Yeah. And like a lot of the interrupts in motion pictures, I like the title. Exactly. <laughs> I, I, like, yeah. I like titles that are based on iconic quotes. Yeah. So um, Warren, Warren really appealed to me. Yeah, on the design team was very big into uh, flavor matching game text. So I'll, I think a lot of the cards here have that. You know, that's a perfect capture of the game text. Mm-hmm. He probably was a big influence on that. So great. Those those make the some of the better cards more fun and interesting ones. Absolutely. Definitely. With, you know, I, I like to talk about how first edition is more of a flavor game than second edition. And so cards like that really do stand out uh, for me as, as really enhancing uh, Star Trek's flavor when you play. Um, while we're talking about generations, um, we had a lot of new tricks for the illegitimate leader. Uh, concept that uh, was introduced in Engage uh, with uh, a new Lursa and Bator and a couple of generations Klingons and uh, a new version of the Chajo. And uh, yeah, anything that makes Storm better, anything that makes Storm better, I love it. Uh, that Chajo, you know, reports to Storm because. Every time I use Soren, it's like, God, I'm, I'm like, I'm two missions away. I just can't get there. And the Chajo, I think, is going to enhance that kind of feel for him. Especially mm-hmm. since you can hidden fighter it, too. So it gives you, oh, yeah, you know, a couple oh, different yeah. ways. Yeah, you can hidden fighter it. You can get, uh, you can get Captain's Log bonus with, uh, with Lursa or Bator on, on board. You've got, 
as we were just looking at, you've got Kvit that uh, increases its range. Uh, you know, it can actually, you, when you put all the pieces together, it can be a pretty tough ship. Yeah. Um, as it is, as it is, it's, it's kind of a small ship, but when you have everything aboard it, it's a lot tougher than it looks. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, you can, illegitimate leader uh, becomes a lot more interesting because the Chajo is downloadable, um, which actually gives you two ships that you can, if you know, not in block, but in OTF, it gives you two ships that you can download with, uh, with illegitimate leader. Uh, download to your hand, I believe. Um, the Chajo and the Vorn also has Duras in lore. Um, but uh, but yeah, it also, as you said, it fits it fits in well with Soren. And uh, if you uh, are trying to throw him into the Nexus for some bonus points, and uh, we even have a, a neat little objective that uh, ties a bunch of. Uh, previous cards together. Um, so, Corbin, that, well, you guys did that first, right? Wasn't that one with you guys? And then you didn't print it and we took it? I'm trying to remember. I, might, I actually don't recall. I was going to ask that if that was in the engaged yeah. design file because one, you know... We didn't write, I know we didn't write it. It was okay. written... We, 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 we finished it, but it was... Yeah. It was called Joy Blanket, I think, for a long time. And then we, because it, we had all that, and I, and I really wish, I really wish we had planned out Block 1 better, because all the stuff from Generations that was in Engage and, and Homefront 3, we mm-hmm. would have just totally pulled into our set and just called it Generations and been done with it. Yeah, but this it, really, re, there it is, Redirect Energy Ribbon. It actually, it, 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 ha- it ties together cards from each block set. You have the mission, the Viridian 3 mission, which was in the next generation. Um, the pad, the Trilithium Weapon pad was in Homefront 3, and then Trilithium Weapon Artifact was in Engage. So it, it yeah, it, it grabs these little, uh, little puzzle pieces from each set of the block and, and puts them together. Yeah. Uh, and I remember, uh, I remember uh, a major comment of Trilithium Weapon was, "Why can't this actually blow up a planet or something? Something along those lines? What, you know, flip, flipping a mission? You know, why doesn't it actually do what it does in the movies? And and now it does. Yeah. At least if you're using it on Viridian Three. Yeah, another card that really harkens back to TMP." in terms of, you know, flavor and the, the Sona particle objective. It's just, there's so much flavor from the movie in this card, and I love that. I really do love that aspect of it. Well, yeah. I think I think this is a super powerful card, too. Uh, I mean, the, the, the deck that I'm playing in a couple hours is designed to never do a space mission. Nice. To never do a space mission. And there are some scary, scary space dilemmas and with battle being as prevalent as it is, you know, one of the reasons battle is so devastating is because you lose your ship and everybody on it. And if I'm never sitting on a ship, except for one or two guys to staff it, mm-hmm. you can blow up my ship and it's, you know, it's still bad, but it's not nearly as bad. So, yeah. 
it's uh, I think it's a powerful card. I mean, it's it's tough because you telegraph it. You know, you have to put yeah. that down, and then uh, yeah, you have to see, see that. You got to assume they're not going to do your space missions, but you know, uh, it's and and um, it's good. It, it's it, it's got the potential to be really good. It didn't seem to be too bad in playtesting, but there are some really good players out there with some really creative uh, brains. And I, yeah. I would not be surprised to see this making a splash for the rest of regionals. Uh, I am excited time to see it. Yeah, I'm excited to see uh, to see if if and how much use it gets. But yeah, it yeah. looks like a lot of fun. And as as Corbin said, it's again another card I really like the flavor of. And the motion pictures had a lot of that. Where and and you know and I and I again that's something that I try to use when I when I try to introduce players to first edition. The idea that. Anything you can think of, if it happened in Star Trek, you can do it in the game. If you want to play out the plot of a movie, you can do that. You know, right. when First Contact came out, now now I can play the Borg. I can do exactly. I want to go back in time and try to stop First Contact and disrupt the timeline. You can do that. You know, you've got, uh, in you know, Insurrection. I can uh, play some Sona and uh, try to. Uh, collect the particles, you know, uh, the metaphase of particles uh, from from the plot of the insurrection movie, and and you can do that too. So, yeah, any of this really ties generations together. It gives you that feel of playing out the movie, and uh, so I've got Soren, and he's running around with with Klingons on this uh, this rogue Klingon ship, and uh, we're going to go blow up this planet. And so, are you going to try to stop us? <laughs> right. Yeah, this is a great card. Absolutely. Um, let's see what else we have in here. We do have... Uh... Oh, okay. Here's one I wanted to talk about. Um, there are uh, four new missions in this set. And uh, one of... Uh, the most interesting ones, and I, I, I love the art, so you already know which one I'm talking about, is Evade Borg Vessel. Uh, I was seriously just talking with uh, Johnny and Dan about just taking Evade Borg Vessel as is and foiling it for a world's foil, just because it's so good looking. I would Why love not? to see yeah. yeah, I would love <laughs> to see this as a foil. Uh, it, it looks fantastic. It's yeah. Un- unbelievable. Um, I think there was, I think there was an evade Borg vessel in in second edition, right? And this isn't yes, a conversion. The, this but, is what we call a pseudo conversion, right. which is we're basically ripping off of two E card that isn't actually backwards compatible, right? And that, that gives us a little bit more wiggle room because we don't have to use the same image and that kind of stuff. But exactly, uh, I, I like this image better. We try to keep pseudo conversions close for the players that that play both games, but yeah, mm-hmm. this is inspired by Tui. If not, but there are yeah, exactly, so. but there are there are a lot of things I like about this card, and this uh, is one of uh, a couple of cards that uh, address the current meta of battle being very strong, uh, limiting. 
uh, battle to one ship per player uh, at this mission. Um, making it a good place to stick an outpost because it's not going to get blown up by an armada. Um, plus, uh, uh, the, the fact that there are Bajoran and Cardassian icons on this mission uh, makes it tie well into the next block. It gives you something that's going to stick around and be used when, when DS9 block comes out and we, we see some new Bajoran and Cardassian decks. Okay. So uh, This card could make other older cards a little bit more viable. Ensign Tuvok and Isabella. Isabella Nebula, yeah. A couple of new couple of cards that might see a resurgence because of the popularity this might have. Isn't there a tactic that only works in a nebula? That might be the case. I don't recall. Uh, Would that be a maneuver? Maybe. That sounds about right. One of the tactics only works in a nebula. One of the insurrection ones. Yeah, I think you're right. So yeah, and Ensign Tuvok can cancel a battle at a nebula, so that fits right in with uh, trying Mm -hmm. to trying to curb battle, although Ensign Tuvok uh, does break continuing mission. I get yeah, but, you know. Because he has a Voyager icon, but... Hey, you know, not every deck is TNG. In spite of what Certainly some not. people like to say on the on the forums, there are a lot of non-TNG decks running around. And, and right. right. Once DS9... I mean, I, I really think that TNG is very good. It may be a little too good, but uh, when DS9 rolls around, I think at least half the people that are playing TNG will play DS9 because TNG is new and fun. And I'm and looking forward who, to that. Who didn't play 1E in 96, 95 and want to be, you know, after that era and want those guys to be good. You know, you right. wanted to play with the, the bridge crew and just couldn't because they were awful. Yeah. And now they're good and fun again. So, yeah, as I've as I've said throughout the last year, uh, this block uh, sort of rebooted the game and and breathed new life into a lot of the older cards that we hadn't seen in a long time. So, I mean, I feel I I, I feel that was a, a very a very good thing for the game. Whether you and, feel it's too powerful or not, and that's that's been controversial ever since the first uh, lock set came out. We'll see. <laughs> sure. I don't think there's a definitive answer to it quite yet. But yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing how DS9 block interacts with TNG block and, uh, and uh, with the game as a whole. Um, but uh, yeah, this mission, it gives... Uh, like I said, it's got the Bajoran and Cardassian icons and then the Federation and Romulan. Basically, every affiliation that needs it. Because obviously the Ferengi don't need this card. The Klingons can hold their own uh, or they can cloak. And uh, But these are the affiliations that are in trouble if uh, they're getting hunted down by Ferengi battle. I think we could have put a Ferengi icon on this. You know, the Ferengi would not exist. Would would certainly evade a, a Borg ship, but sure, Klingons never hide. <laughs> right, Klingons, yeah, Klingons don't. Correct, yeah. Um, I just wanted to, I, you know, I'm so excited about the season three Blu-rays. They just came out a couple days ago, and I yes. got the sneaking suspicion that Johnny sourced this image from from the uh, trailers that were out and. You know, his artwork's amazing, but I'm so glad we have this, these Blu-rays as a source of art as well. 
and I saw them. They're creeping into these sets, and they look great. Yeah, I, I, I have noticed that some of those images are getting used. I know that uh, uh, from talking with, with Matt Kirk that uh, Tapestry used a lot of images from the Season 1 Blu-ray, and so, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing more of that. Uh, and I know that uh, Corbin just recently saw Best of Both Worlds. Uh, so good, so good. In my home city, no less. That was very weird coincidence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we went. We actually uh, canceled a DS9 block design meeting because all of us were going. <laughs> Three fourths of the design team was going to see the best of both worlds. So I was like, nice. "All right, fine." <laughs> Time well spent. Yeah, we can we can wait another week. <laughs> um. What else do we have in here? We have... Uh, okay, we have a couple more Cardassians, uh, which is uh, an affiliation that uh, a lot of people wanted to see more of uh, as a TNG... Uh, as a continuing mission-compatible uh, or continuing mission-friendly affiliation. Um, you know... I know some people want to see the Bajorans too, and I don't. I think there just wasn't enough material to make that work. Yeah. Uh, but the Cardassians have been getting a couple cards here, a couple cards there, and uh, they finally got their warp core card, their uh, their uh, free play mechanic in this set. With, I've got uh, a I've got a local player here who is was just he built a deck before he saw or knew anything about the warp core card just praying that the warp core card would come out and sure enough it did and he was just so excited to play mm -hmm. TNG Cardassians you have no idea yep and as uh, as you know Corbin I already tried them once with continuing mission I had to team them up with federation but it was a deck that won a tournament so uh so I really like what you can do with TNG Cardassian uh you you got to you know they're not as fleshed. They're obviously they're not as fleshed out as as Federation or Ferengi or one of the other ones. But so you gotta do some finagling with them to make them work. Yeah. But as Charlie would say, they are a Johnny affiliation. They are one that if you wanna if you wanna try that with continuing continuing mission, you gotta experiment a little and mm -hmm. uh, and they can be fun to play with. Absolutely, I love that deck. I tried your Fed deck your fed Cardassian deck. And it was, it was a lot of fun, a really good deck. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, not, it, I wouldn't call it tier one or anything, but yeah, exactly. Just but everything it's fun. You said. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, part of the reason it worked was I, I ran a lot of capture dilemmas mm -hmm. because obviously the Cardassians, that's one of their strong points. Uh, and they're not the strongest dilemmas, but they're not the dilemmas your opponent is, is expecting to face either. Mm -hmm. You know, they're prepared for personal duty friendly fire. They're prepared for, you know, medical drain, but they're not prepared for Cardassian trap. <laughs> exactly. There, there is a uh, nice little loophole in the rules, too, with uh, backwards compatible capture cards. Mm -hmm. um, and if you give yourself a brig, you know, put a holding cell door on your outpost or whatever, and all those capture cards or backwards compatible capture cards that are like, take a guy and put them in your brig. It's just like, you know, they magically fly across the space line into your brig. And if it's a dilemma, it stays. 
if it's a you know unless dilemma. So yes, yeah. could be pretty good. It, yep, something is being fixed slowly. <laughs> cards, <Yeah>. but <laughs> right. Use it while you can. Yes. Yeah, I love I love the pseudo conversion of Gorin. It's it's close to the original, but it it has a lot of fun. You get the equipment instead of discarding an equipment to play him for free, and that's that's cool. And he's got a gun in his hand, so it's just a cool card. The new image is fantastic too. Yeah, I like the new Gorin. Downloading a disruptor is great. Um, yeah, I I love all of the TNG guys that have special downloads. Um, you, you think twice about playing them. You know, some of them aren't as good in block because the card you download isn't available. But, you know, you think twice, and you think twice about playing them because they don't draw you a card with continuing mission. But that's what makes them cool. You know, I can get a card or I can get a gun. Um, you know, or I can get a card or I can get a pad. Uh, so, you know, the the... They, they, they make you think about how you want to build your deck, and they, they give you some extra toys. Um, I also like the other guy in this set, Nador, uh, just because he's a five-skilled Cardassian with uh, some skills that uh, I, I think the t- uh, TNG Cardassians were kind of hurting uh, a little bit. Um, yeah, he, he is AU, which is a little bit of a mm-hmm. knock against him, but... He has to be. He's from an alternate universe. Mm-hmm. But he's got stellar cartography, which you need for that evade, evade board vessel mission. So, uh... Yeah. Uh... Oh, and Gorin has uh, Obsidian Order, which is... I don't think TNG Cardassians have that. Maybe maybe one um, guy. Madred has it. But Madred, yeah. Gold Madred. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's a rare skill for TNG. Uh, yeah, and uh, possibly one you you might want to have for uh, something like uh, what is it, HQ defensive measures? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Being an intelligent yeah. skill. You know, I, I I wish that we could have done more Cardassians. Um, we have a don't make art cry rule now <laughs> in uh, in design, and there's just. You know, people were throwing up images of Cardassians. Oh, you could have done this, and you could have done that. And they're like, yeah, we could have, but... But I'd like to see their face. It wouldn't (laughs) have met... You know, it might not have met our quality standards, and, you know, Cardassians weren't... Like, I feel like if you make TNG Cardassians too... I don't want to say that we intentionally didn't make more of them, but they're going to get a bunch of stuff in the S9 block, and you don't... you know. To a Star Trek fan, when you mention Cardassians, you're thinking Dukat and Damar and DS9. You're not Certainly. thinking TNG. You know, and they were in some great TNG episodes. I'm not trying to belittle them. And that's why we gave sure. them what they gave them. We could have easily have not printed Taken Prisoner and Garan and Nador and put in three other cards entirely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, we wanted to give them something. But uh, I'm not, I don't regret that we didn't give them more. Because they're going to yeah. get plenty. Uh, Cardassian fans will get plenty to play with over the next year. Certainly, and they—I feel they have enough now that it's—it's uh, it's uh, its a, it's a, it's a triable option. Yes, it's not a word, but, <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, it's some, something to play around with and uh, might be interesting. But you know, 
of course, it's not going to be as strong as one of the other TNG affiliations. And if you want to play uh, competitive Cardassians, maybe you just need to wait wait one more set and uh, see what they can do in the DS9 block. Or, or pair them with another affiliation. I Certainly. Yeah. I mean, yeah, with, with Kleister and Outpost, I think Fed Cardi is very strong. You know, I agree. Absolutely. Use your feds as your primaries and splash in some Cardi capture. Mm-hmm. Pretty good combo. Guy good got, uh, we've got a Cardassian ship in this set. You can download it with attention all hands if you want. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. So, uh, there are, are enough toys to make it work. Yeah. Yep. I think. Yeah. Um, I'm looking at uh, a card that looks like another what I call a meta card. Uh, Evade Borg Vessel is, is an example of that. One where it, it looks like it might have been designed for a certain reason to, you know, Evade Borg Vessel was, oh, Battle Decks are strong. We need to do something about this. Maybe tone them down. I'm looking at a missing day. Yeah. Uh, which is, I don't know if it's a, it looks like it might be a, a sort of a meta card, but it's also just a really interesting ability that we've never seen before on a car. Uh, the ability to count down a card, just like manually. Yep. This, this is my absolute favorite card in the set. And really? Oh, yeah, because it's time to get, you know, the jank, uh, pardon, is uh, of, of friendly fire is... It's the friendly fire personal duty combo is old and annoying and it's time to see it go. It's mm-hmm. just so good and it almost always goes off. And now that we finally have a good answer for it. Plus, um, this will also go well against um, Ferengi Ingenuity. The, yep. uh, that has a countdown as well, right? The Ferengi yep. Ingenuity, Dejarin, Access Denied. Hippocratic yep. Oath. Which is Another very strong. Yep. yep. I mean, there's there's a lot of stuff that people use, and and ironically, we made like three more countdown dilemmas in in the expansion. <laughs> like, well, I love, I, it's just I like love, you, go ahead, go ahead. Sorry, well, it's just like uh, yeah, you you have some countdown cards in here. You you have uh, and then you have a card to counter them. But I you did the same thing with the the non-aligned androids too. You put a bunch of you know, you put androids and Borg into a set, and then you had some dilemmas that specifically target them. Yeah. So, like, I, I feel like that's that's a safety valve. Well, that's what uh, Q Continuum did. did yeah. The same thing. Yeah. Um, if the Q cards got too powerful, there's a way to turn a, turn them off. Well, I meant specifically androids, but uh, yeah, yeah, androids too. Yeah. Absolutely. I uh, I like that interplay. You know. Mm-hmm. It, 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 there's times to use it and times not to use it. Like if if we were pushing a whole expansion about uh, the discard pile, and then to make a bunch of cards that clean out the discard pile would would not be a good time to use it. But in a situation like this, you know, and and Corbin's dead on. You know, we probably could have made a missing missing day be like blah 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 or nullifies friendly fire uh, because that that dilemma is stupidly overplayed. Um, but I like this better because it's more versatile. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we, we worked really hard to make sure, you know, there were at least three times where we went through every dilemma and event 
and interrupt with a countdown icon on it and said, does this break? Does this break? Does this break? Does this break? And it didn't. And now it's a rule. Now it's like everything that you make that's those card types with a countdown icon on it, you have to be aware of the fact that it can be, you know, accelerated. Yeah. And to, and when we talked to, to rules about it, John was, you know, we realized that the countdown rules are uh, bad, like well, archaic. Can... <laughs> yeah. So we took the opportunity to clean up and make the countdown mechanics actually work the way you would think they would work. Yeah. And that has, you know, I think we opened up new design space at the same time we introduced a card that counterbalances really good stuff. Certainly, certainly. Actually, I'm hoping to get, uh, I'm hoping to get John on a future episode because yeah, it looks like uh, he had to do a, a lot of work for the set between the countdown, ch- uh, cleaning up the countdown rules and, uh, uh, working on the rules for the the self controlling icon, you know, there's uh, a lot of new concepts in this. So it is it's new stuff, but it's it's uh, it's taking stuff that was weird special cases and generalizing it. Sure. So we didn't really you know add rules as much as we made specific rules more generic, mm-hmm. which I think is way better. I just want to add one more thing, and yeah. that is I think that this card really says to 1E that countdowns, cards with a countdown, their their day has come because the the only limit really on this card is the once per turn thing. Losing five points doesn't mean all that much in 1E. So it's important, I think, for players to understand that this card is sending a message saying, stop or or you know, reconsider putting friendly fire and your other jank in your deck, really. Yeah, it's certainly something to think about. It's like a lot of meta cards, you have to balance out how powerful is your dilemma combo with what are the chances that my opponent is going to have this. Yes. So. I I saw somebody talking about stocking four or five Q's tents, like old school Q's tents in their deck, and putting... Mm -hmm. uh, Doctor Not a Bricklayer, What Is God Me With a Starship, the, the one from Homefront. <laughs> like four or five dilemma, uh, dilemma that, all, that kill dilemmas. And then so you can tent for those to get them or you can tent for something else that you need. So rather than stock those interrupts in your deck and have to get them in the right order, just tent and get the one you want. That's why I love one Absolutely. Yeah, it's pretty brilliant. Anything is possible. Yeah. Uh, Charlie, I wanted to ask you about um, Stone Knives and Bearskins. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why you're laughing at this. Uh, so, was this I told designed... a story in the... Sorry, you want to go first? Go ahead. No, no, go I, ahead, I go wanted ahead. To, what I wanted to ask was, was this designed with transport inhibitor in mind? Because that was uh, yeah. my first thought. That was part of it. Okay. Um, so, I realized, and, and you can blame Rogue... Schindler for two thirds of this card, <laughs> not not exclusively, but uh, I realized there are there's really only one way in one e to deal with equipment, and it's disruptor overload, mm-hmm. and that's only really good if you've got one equipment, you know, and also not or in block. two equipment. It's also not in block. Uh, well, neither is neither is Ti, but uh, true. So there, there was three problems that I saw. One was transport inhibitor, and we were like, maybe we should errata it and this and that. And 
It was complicated to errata. Uh, two is Mpoknor. Mpoknor is dumb when I can commandeer Mpoknor and download 850 equipment. And really, the only way for me to stop it is to get it before you get it. Done it. <laughs> yeah, and, and and Rogue has a Klingon deck that does it. And, and so the, the other one is OS equipment is extremely good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so we were looking at all of these things and we're like, well, you know, Disruptor Overload, maybe we can reprint it or maybe we can make another version of it that's powerful. And the reason I was laughing is because th- I told a story in the Q&A where it was like, there was a card that nobody liked but me. And I basically told the designers, fine, here are the three problems that this card is dealing with. Make me a better one. And we couldn't. I'm not, cool. I'm not saying that to make me, you know, because I wrote this card. I'm not saying this to make me, oh, I'm super smart. It's not that. It's it's not a perfect solution, but we really, really, I mean, they were actively trying to find a better card to deal with the problems that I mm-hmm. mentioned, and we couldn't. And, and there there were some of the playtesters that are like, this is the worst card in the game. You're going to ruin everything. Uh, the rules guys are like, this doesn't really work. And we're like, well, let's make it work because, you know, this is something that the game needs. And it's it's a very, it's another niche card. Sure. Uh, you know, I've got to play it. It only lasts a couple countdowns. You can speed it up with a missing day to make mm-hmm. it go away. But it's, it's you know, it's something the game needed to, to deal with this issue. And I'm glad that we printed it. And uh, as a side note, I believe this is the first card to reference blade weapons to give that lore uh, meaning. I, I, maybe Possibly. the second. Maybe the not second. Fair. It's not one I remember seeing before. No. I had to go. I, in fact, when I saw this card, I went back and looked through uh, some of the previous equipment cards. I'm like, do these all say blade weapon and you know Batleth and Kartakin and uh, and they do. But I don't remember a card ever referencing their lore before. Yeah, it's not a keyword that's in our database, so I'm guessing it's not. Cool. Which is kind of neat. Uh, something else that opens up design space. Yeah, yeah I, I like this card. You know, it's 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 controversial, and it it may not be enough, but it's a, it's another weapon in the arsenal to deal with equipment. Hmm. Um, I, uh, oh, we already, we had, uh, we did have one Borg personnel in here. I know, uh, I know Dan already, uh, Dan Hammond already talked about this one in section 31, but, uh, I'll go ahead and, uh, throw it in here, uh, as well and comment on it that we have 12 of 13, which allows your, uh, your Borg scout ships to be able to land something that uh, with launch portal band, the Borg can't do or couldn't do. Yep. I think Dan told the story, but uh, he's, he's the, he's the, he's the Borg guy on the design Mm -hmm. team right now. I don't, I don't like the Borg and Winnie. Uh, I'm going to get crucified for saying that, (laughs) but um, I, I, I respect them and I understand what they're trying to do, but I don't like them. They're so, scary. Uh, <laughs> well, okay, so... I've seen enough 12-space board decks in the last oh couple God. months it, that... It, it, basically, yeah. when, I sit, when I'm sitting... When I sit down against a board player, I feel like I'm playing solitaire. 
Like yeah. I'm wasting, like my time is being wasted and I don't take it. I'm not taking it personally. Like the person who likes to play Borg, that's fine. But it's, it's so many moving parts. It takes up so much time and 80% of my dilemmas do nothing. It's just kind of like, all right, you playing your game and I need to just try to do what I can do before to make the hour and 15 minutes be over as fast as possible. <laughs> it's either so. that or you're spending the whole game trying to get out of their way. Yes. Yeah. Which yes. I've also run into. But, uh, uh, but I've also so. noticed they, they don't often win tournaments because a lot of their games become modified wins. Yeah. Because they're spending, they're taking so long getting rolling. But even though I personally don't like the Borg, I don't get to use my personal preconceptions when I'm designing expansions. And sure, you got to de- design cards for everybody. You know, yeah. this is something, you know, we, we, we had a hole and we're like, we should make a TNG Borg because it would be cool. And I went to Dan and I was like, what do the Borg need? And he sent me like five different game texts that they could use. And I picked the one that I thought made the most sense. And we, this guy was added late and he pretty much was added as is we had to change the wording a little bit to make the rules work, but Mm -hmm. uh, I think he's a nice addition to the board decks. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, you had, they will be coming in the last set. So it kind of makes sense to, uh, uh, throw an additional card for the board and like, Oh, we gave you, we gave you, uh, we gave you that incident and now we're going to give you another personnel. So, you know, here's an extra toy now, now that you're trying board decks again. Yep. Uh, I love that he interacts with three of five, third of five very well, and that third of five enhances scout ships, and this plays with scout ships. So mm-hmm. I like that interplay. Um, and that there is the possibly viable TNG only board deck, as Dan, <laughs> as Dan indicated. Yeah, I, I heard that story. I don't know yeah. about that yet. <laughs> Good luck with that. But it sounds like fun. Yeah. I I have a feeling if if we continue to do block, you know, because we've only committed to three years at this point. Right. If we continue to do block, we will do a a we will come back to Borg and do TNG Borg as part of that. I you can know, certainly see that. I don't know if the game needs a whole third expansion based on the Borg, but if we ever come back around to it, uh I think you throw a continuing mission and they will be coming in the reprint file for that block and make a bunch of new TNG drones. And then there you go. Yeah. So. Very interesting. Yeah. I know it's something people, people wanted and, uh, you know, you just, I think it would just, uh, it would take too many cards, too many moving parts to squeeze into one of these expansions where you had so much else already planned. That's my feeling on it. Uh, and I think giving us the non-aligned, the rogue board in this set was a nice concession. That, uh, you know, it's, well, maybe it's not the board deck you're used to, but it's still, it's still a cool deck. Yep. yep. And, uh, yeah, one I'm looking forward to seeing. Um, I think we've covered a lot of the, uh, a lot of the major points of this set. Uh, is there... Are there uh, any cards that uh, we didn't cover that uh, either of you wanted to discuss that that are uh, standouts for you or possibly uh, a sleeper card in the set? I uh, I like the two Ferengi. I like the way they came out. Um, you know, for Ferengi being the dominant power of TNG right now, it was tough mm-hmm. to figure out something to give them that wasn't 
yeah, crazy. But uh, I think a Frankie Dr. Farrick is long overdue. Certainly. And uh, I think the Frankie Loxana, which was, you know, another card that Tui sort of, it's she's not a pseudo conversion or anything, but, you know, Tui had a Frankie Loxana, so why not make a, and they have the trolleys, but. Yeah. Giving the Frankie empathy gives them something they didn't have without making them, you know, ridiculous. And right. Plus it's, she uh, she's not a free play. No, so. unless you're running the home world. Sure. But, <laughs> uh, I think but there, she's are, a, there aren't really enough cards in TNG Ferengi for you to really, she that. is, uh, a great card for Ferengi period. Like she'll fit really well in the TNG Ferengi deck. She'll fit well in a Ferengi tower deck. Um, Cause you know, there are random cards that like empathy. And I agree. Plus, um, uh, I don't know how that card works. That there's one of the one of the rules of acquisition that lets you use cards in conjunction with cards that reference other Ferengi in lore. Yeah, and, we always uh, we always seed names in lore for that reason. <laughs> yeah, and she has Tog in her lore, so it's I don't know how power. I'm not I'm not that familiar with the rules, so I'm I I haven't played a lot of outside of TNG block. I haven't played a lot of Ferengi decks. Uh, so I'm not really, I don't know how powerful that is, but it's, it's a neat little connection. And since you had Tog in, I think it was Homefront 3, or in, I think it was a new version of him. TNG, maybe. He's somewhere. So He's, he's somewhere in the block, yeah. Uh, so again, it's nice to have uh, cards that reference uh, cards that came out earlier in the same block. Just like, you know, this is a thematic extension of stuff we've already seen. Uh, hey, you're right. He's in over three. Yeah, I thought that was it. Um, but I mean, Doctor Farrick is another one of those ones where we wanted to make a guy where you'd have reasons to use both versions, you know. And mm-hmm. at the very least, you, everybody can still use the non-aligned guy. And there are times, sure. you know, my buddy always uses two of the game, so yeah, I want that eight cunning greedy guy with the gold star to start and then other times I want you know I'm playing Ferengi and I want the uh, the skills that he the Ferengi one has the guy that helps you with medical crisis yeah <laughs> yeah so and yeah and three skills and yeah he's he's nice um Kamala's a nice card a converted oh. card that's also the promo of the set the uh the release foil if yes. you uh are playing in a release tournament this week so uh Originally, this was Nemesis. This expansion was going to be Nemesis. Right. And as part of that, it was Remans and Enterprise-E. And as part of that, we also thought, hey, let's do some Nemesis mechanic stuff. You know, because it would fit. We we wanted to uh, do the cybernetics expertise treatment to Nemesis. So Mm -hmm. take the rules out of the rules and put them on cards. And we had a whole big bunch of them. And... Kamala and the the guy she married and then the old guy were all in the sets and they were nemesis stuff. And she was in here as she could she could report and get either one. She could go either side of the oh. nemesis. So, oh, oh, the, the icon, okay. Yeah, the actual yeah. icon. She she yeah. could go with the, the Creosians or the Valtese. And uh, she, she was in there and then we were like, she's pretty cool. And and we also have this ongoing war with uh, backwards compatible skill gaining stuff that's way too good mm-hmm. uh, in Winnie. 
and that's where fitting in came from. And uh, it doesn't fit the block at all, but uh, you know, we, it was too good. It needed to be it, fixed. <laughs> and I were both running around with Starfleet decks, abusing the crap out of fitting in. And we we're like, yeah, we need to yeah. do this. That's uh, not his deck. But so she, yeah, she ended up uh, in here and she fit the theme and she's a beautiful woman. So why not make her the promo? And it's, uh, it worked out well. And uh, yeah, she's got decent skills. The uh, she she solos a duck blind, and uh, she can uh, yeah uh, tack on any skill you want that's already present. Is uh, it makes it a very versatile card. Yeah. Use her in the uh, install a motion chip deck. So you can get an extra cybernetics. Sure. Mm. Give her an extra transporter skill for that new dilemma. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The one that needs uh, transport skill times two, which uh, remote detonator. There it is. <laughs> when was the last time you had two transporter skill on the mission attempt? <sighs> Never. Seriously, <laughs> nothing's needed it before. Well, you usually want to leave one on your ship for uh, what was it? Now, now would be, would be a good, good time. time. Now would be a good time. Yes, and this now is another three, three transporter skill. So this is another dilemma that's going to make you think, how do I want to attempt this? Do I want to leave my transporter skill aboard my ship, or do I want to send them down? Am I going to run into this? (laughs) I really like the combo of uh, um, Hunter Probe and Remot Detonator. You know? And then uh, it's it's Hunter Probe, Remot Detonator, big wall. Yeah. So that, you know, oh, Hunter Probe, okay, you don't have two Anthro, two security, so I pick your two best guys to die, that are two, two guys that are going to help you pass the wall, and then you don't get past Remont Detonator, so it it stops you, and then I can kill people when you beam, and then now your two guys are going to die because it's the end of the turn, and then now you have a wall that you can't get through. So. Sure. Yeah, I'm excited... I'm excited to see what come. There are so many dilemmas in this in this expansion, and I'm excited to see what new dilemma combos uh, emerge after this yeah. set. The other one I like is uh, Remont Detonator with uh, Murasaki effect, because I get to kill. I can kill a guy if they beam up one at a time. Or I can discard a card, discard it to kill a guy, and then Murasaki effect kills one guy every time you beam. So the strategy of beaming all my guys one at a time goes away because <laughs> yeah. yeah beam your guy up one at a time they all get murdered so mm-hmm. nice there's some fun stuff in this in this I, set plus I like it's, re- it, 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 it can combo with uh, Murasaki if I can possibly combo with uh, with now would be a good time like that, that, what am I going to that was the one the playtesters really liked. Is it's like you're, you're damned or... if you do, or damned if you don't. If I leave my if I leave my transporter skill aboard my ship, I'm going to. Well, actually, no. That well, you you then you risk remat detonator, and if I bring them down, you risk. Uh, not only now would be a good time, but Murasaki effect. So, yeah, there's a little mini like beaming theme to the dilemmas. Yeah. So. It, it certainly is going to make a case for uh, landed ships and hidden fighter to be better. So, yeah. You know. Oh yeah. Um, hidden fighter is a great card already. So, yeah, that's been making a lot of my decks lately. Yeah. <laughs> it's been a good reprint. I, I yeah. argue. I, I would almost argue it's too good, but no. 
that's another story or another uh, argument for another. Well, you know, the trade-off there is little ships. Little ships. Exactly. So you do get the the Delta Flyer does qualify though. Sure. Well, yes. Sure. Except, except for that you one. Don't have to. Except for that. You don't Delta's have to be the Delta for it. That's the yeah. Delta's better than everything problem. Yes, so. Exactly. Okay, so little ships and one really cool ship. Yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, Depending on your the, affiliation. Right. While, while we're on the topic of dilemmas, Paralyzed by Fear, new Empok Noor. That's awesome. I'm, I can definitely get behind that. I love definitely. the new Empok Noor dilemma, yes. Well, that was that was one of the suggestions for dealing with the equipment problem. One third of the equipment problem is, well, we could just make more Empok Noor dilemmas. And I'm like... Absolutely, since every Empok Nor dilemma, every Empok Nor player memorizes the Empok Nor dilemmas, figures out, you know, has a 75% chance of guessing what you put there every time you put something there. I bring Let's some leadership, some security, and some computer skill, and I'm okay. Yeah. Yeah. So. But now, yeah, now it's going to screw up their attempt if you send a bunch of little guys on the first turn, which right. is kind of how it works these days. Well, it's it's a great dilemma in the modern meta too, with everybody running universals for attentional hands, you mm-hmm. know, and lower decks. This is going to hit most of those universals because it doesn't count the attribute boosts. Yeah. So printed. Right. Printed. It's a great dilemma. The fact that it's Mpok Nor to me is icing on the cake. Uh-huh. And it might give Dyson Sphere Door a little more kick because it can be downloaded. You stick it in there. Yep. Download Definitely. it from Nor. So. Definitely. Always good to give that card a little bit more oomph. Yeah, it's it's nice to have more more options for for Mpok Nor. Right. And if you and you know and if you happen to be running it in, a, in another combo and somebody pulls an Mpok Nor on you and you're not running friendly fire anymore because of missing day. <laughs> there you go. Now you have hey, I, I I took it out. I, wow. I was in. It was. A, it was a staple of all of my dilemma piles. Yeah, every dilemma combos, one, and yeah. it is. It is gone. It is not in my. I took out. Uh, um, Hippocratic oath too. I don't have a single countdown dilemma because I expect everybody to have a missing day today. Mm-hmm. So. Cool. I love uh, having more dilemmas in each set, uh, and and particularly the last couple have had a lot of them. I I love that you can go into a mission and these days and really have no idea what to expect. There's just so many cool things you can do with dilemmas now. Uh, And we didn't, we had the advantage of not having a starter to make. So there wasn't any need to make starter power level dilemmas, which you can still make interesting, but we we could make all of these, you know, knife twisting, powerful dilemmas instead of having to set at a starter level. I think it, it, and dilemmas are the one card that everybody can use. So even if you know you hate the affiliations that are in block, you can at least look forward to new dilemmas because every deck uses them. Mm-hmm. All right. So could I ask you a quick question, Charlie? Was sure. the motivation for Captain Spock just so he was not a uh, Enterprise Captain Commander? Or I'm sure I knew I was forgetting something. Too. Uh, so he was, um, there was one guy on the rules committee that has like this personal jihad against Captain Spock and (laughs) he, uh, of Genesis Spock. And he was, uh, at the fairly high up on the conversion list. And one of the, the minor design, one of the auxiliary design goals I had was to put something from every property in here. 
because both Energize and T- TNG has all TNG. Energize was mostly TNG with some generations. We really wanted to try to be like, all right, I know we're in the TNG block, but we should try to make more hit as many properties as we can, you know. And, and we originally had a self card from every show, mm-hmm. um, you know, and we tried to put a card in from every show. So putting Spock in wasn't too bad because uh, you know he needed to be fixed. Um, it was a bit so it was a thorn in the side that he was that that problem, and then he needed to be fixed. And we wanted to put in some more movie stuff, so we did, and cool. fit pretty well. So cool. And, you know, it's a, and I know I've said it like three times, but he was another. We wanted to try to make it so that there are reasons to use motion pictures Captain Spock versus this Captain Spock. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that there are, I think there's differences for each. I do like his download. Yeah, absolutely. And, Perfect. And I mean, it was again. It's one of those cards that I don't like playing in my main deck, but I. I would be fine with it as a download, and I would certainly use it as a special download. Have it and, and and it was essentially his game text anyway. Why why recreate it when there's already a card that does it? So. Right. Nice. Um, Who wants to talk about Admiral Janeway? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, I, I think we've talked enough about Admiral Janeway without being in the podcast. Well, I wanted I wanted something. She 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 was in, she was out, she was in. I wanted something from Nemesis in this expansion. Mm. You know, we had done a lot of work on it. And I wanted there to be like a wink wink nudge nudge to the people that were following development that hey, remember when this was all about Nemesis? Aren't you glad it's not anymore? <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, we had long discussions about her and what to do, and we came up with a plan that left us wiggle room and let us print the card. So she's in that said, Charlie, um, I, I, uh, agree with the decision, uh, that, uh, nemesis should not have been the focus of this block or not, uh, this expansion. Um, with that said, do you think the Remans will eventually get their day? Absolutely. Um, it's, you know, they're a huge, Presence. I mean, they were. In, I mean, granted, they were in one movie, but they were like all over the movie. And there's a ton sure. of backwards compatible cards, and we and we did a ton of work on them. So you know, they're all sitting in the cut file, and I, I have a sneaking suspicion we can do a motion pictures block in the future, and give Cybox some love, give Khan some love, do the Remans, and Khan doesn't need any love. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I think there's a lot more material to tap from the motion pictures. And if you do a motion pictures block, uh, there's no reason not to come back to the remins. So I, I think they will see their day in the sun, even though they'd hate that. So. <laughs> <laughs> ha ha. It's cute. All right. Um, all right. Well, I think we've, I think we've covered most of the, uh, most of the uh, major points of the set. Uh, uh, Charlie, do you uh, have any final thoughts? Uh, this set went through a rough infancy. Um, you know, it started out one thing. We made the tough decision that it wasn't working and it turned into something else for the better. I don't regret that decision. Um, Jason and Warren, I don't know if you guys are listening, but you guys did a fantastic job 
uh, you were both new. You both had some really good ideas, and you had to deal with me, who was stretched thinner than I ever want to be stretched again on projects. Um, but this was a phenomenally fun experience to work on. The testers did a good job working at a better set. Uh, Art did a good job delivering, and so did creative. I think it really came together uh, to be a really solid expansion that NCAP's block adds some interesting things to the other formats and the other card pools, and I'm proud of it. I don't, I don't think it's the best thing I've ever done, but I think it's an excellent expansion. Uh, Corbin, uh, you didn't, you didn't work on this expansion, but you worked on the one before it. Right. Um, how do you feel this? How do you personally feel that this ties in with the end of the block and ties in with the uh, with the last expansion that that you did work on? Well, it extends the Romulans a little bit. We didn't talk about them too much here. It gives them a couple new toys, but I love the new dilemmas in this set, and we can always use more dilemmas. And I was kind of the dilemma guy in the last set. These ones are great, and we're just so fortunate to have such an interesting interplay between uh, what's available in block now and blocks, you know, block is now growing into uh, a more interesting, diverse experience with every set. And this set is going to make block. I think hopefully, 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 hopefully a lot less battle centric and a lot more getting back to the feel of one E of mission solving, hopefully. Um, and this also sets us up really well for, uh, Deep Space Nine, in my opinion. I, at least I hope it does. Uh, there was, you know, enough, not just TNG to give players a flavor for, you know, whatever else we can design. So I'm, I'm just excited for the future. This set is so, I feel it was so well made that, you know, it really motivates me to want to do even better in whatever sets I'm going to be working on in the, in the future. So mm-hmm. I, I agree. I feel uh, a little bit of, uh, you know, this, this obviously is the last set of the TNG block, so it needs to focus on that block, but having a little bit of bleed into the next one, uh, I think is, is essential because when DS nine block comes out and you're going to, you're going to be playing, TNG decks, or you're going to be playing DS9 decks, but you, there are some players that are going to want to take elements from from both blocks and and work them in, you know, while block is le- while that block is still legal. Uh, so it's it it's important to have uh, threads in there that are, are still going to be uh, still going to be used in the, in the in the next few sets when when people start building new decks. And uh, I agree that block is a lot more. Uh, a lot more versatile now than when we started with with the next generation. Like when the next generation came out, I made a list. Uh, I put I put a list together of what cards were legal in block, and I went through and I just wrote down all the cards from all the block sets, just because it kind of put it in my mind. What do I have to work with? And I did it again after this set, and I'm like. And I'm going back through and coming up with new ideas like, oh, I can do this now, and I can do this now, and I couldn't before. So I do feel there's a, a lot more versatility, and once we have that DS9 block, you know, we're going to have to think about it again. Well, these sets are gone. These sets are in. We still have the home front sets. So 
it, it's, it'll be a it'll be a whole new ball game when we get there. Mm-hmm. I I think that in in one in a little more than a year when we've put out DS nine three, I hope that everybody that tried block and didn't like it when TNG came out tries it again because I really think it will have come into its own and you know you will have six expansions that were designed to be played in this you know mm-hmm. limited card pool and uh you know eight or nine different deck types that you can play against each other and i think it'll feel a lot better to the people that tried block early and didn't like it um, so absolutely. i hope that people will have an open mind and try it again absolutely this is an experience this was you know admittedly an experiment and it's an evolving one and uh it it it's drawn. I think it drew a lot more attention than uh, than you expected uh, upon the initial announcement, and it's nice to see uh, so many people uh, caring about block and, and and really hoping that it takes off. You know, it's it's a nice uh, alternative uh, for for deck building. Yeah. Uh, we have to respect all the formats when we develop cards, but block, I think, is almost, yeah, block has to be respected more than OTF at this point. So we did the best. I think that we all did the best we could, and it, just everything Charlie said. I'm really excited for the future of block. Definitely. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I my final thoughts, I really like this set. I'm really excited about it. There's a lot of new... A lot of new elements, a lot of things added to decks that make me want to try those decks again. That I gave, you know, stuff that I gave gave a try once and didn't quite work out. And, you know, maybe I want to pick them up and try them again. A um, couple of new new deck ideas uh, in the works after this set, and you know, with the addition of generations, like uh, like you said, it's a nice coda. Uh, it really does feel like we're finishing off the TNG block uh, and, and on a high note. So uh, I give you guys high marks, Charlie. So I, I think it was, I think it's a fantastic set. Cool. Makes up for your uh, mediocre marks from matter of time. Just, just, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's cool. It, 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 it uh, I'm excited to see people reporting on what they start playing. So, yeah, me too. All right. Well, uh, Charlie and uh, Corbin, uh, thank you so much for doing this with me. I was, I, I always enjoy, uh, I, I enjoyed the first round table uh, and, and being able to discuss new cards, and I enjoyed this one too. So uh, thanks so much, guys. Thank you. See you uh, for Home Front 4. Yeah. Home Front 4, huh? Uh-oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, until next time, uh, this is Daniel Madison ending transmission. I don't need to see it
Star Trek in all forms is copyright and trademark of CBS Paramount Studios, which has no affiliation with this podcast or trekcc.org. This podcast is for nonprofit use only. Special thanks to Hot Fiction for their theme song Started Off, as well as additional music used during the show. Look them up at hotfiction.co.uk. Thanks also to Corbin Johnson for production assistance. For questions or comments, send a message to OK Coyote on the Trek CC forums. Until next time, this is Allison Cagle signing off for Assimilate This.